Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Takedown Podcast. This is take number two with Britton Hart, who is one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever live, and she is also in the running for Maxim's Cover Girl Contest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is up? How did you find the, the Maxim Cover Girl Contest? Yeah, thanks, Josh, for mentioning all that um, and saying I'm badass. I love hearing that. That goes with my Maxim. Like, I have the best fans ever that kind of reach out to me. I think I had one person say, hey, Britton, you should so do this. You would rock it. I kind of was like, eh, you know, not really thinking. But the more I looked into the contest, it was really neat how, you know, you had to put in your story. You had to, you know, type a good bit of information in about you and, you know, why you deserve to do that, what kind of, you know, how you would use the platform. And, of course, me being so involved in the fight community, I just thought it would be a perfect place to kind of introduce, you know, the old sport of, like, boxing and and some other, you know, MMA things. And then also the new sport coming up, the new era of bare-knuckle boxing. So I would be the first female athlete um, or, you know, any bare knuckle athlete to kind of be featured in a magazine like that and i just think that would be amazing so we're really running with it full force that is awesome yeah you you would be like the first bare knuckle fighter to really get like a lot of um like a mainstream push almost yeah absolutely like like i think that artem and jason kind of like they were kind of like blowing up but it was mainly like just in like our community like the mma bare knuckle community you know Right, exactly. This is tapping into a whole nother, like, world of fans, world of people, like, spectators. And, I mean, we could grab a a couple people's attention to kind of say, you know, break through that barrier of, oh, you know, everyone thinks fighters have to be, you know, one way, you know. Even though I do have a bunch of tattoos, they think, you know, covered in tattoos and, you know, not really something that can be polished, I am a I'm a man that's like covered in tattoos and I ride a motorcycle. So when people look <laughs> when people look at me, they definitely think I'm just a total dickhead right from the start. Oh man, we'll have um, to put you on the cover of GQ. <laughs> shit, someday. Um, so how did okay? So how did you get into bare knuckle? That's like I really wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Um. I think it was it was one of those things. So many people say, you know how. How do you do bare knuckle? How do you, fi- you know, how did you find bare knuckle? And I honestly tell everybody the same thing. It's one of those things. It finds you. Um, and it's so true. It, you know, they really did find me. They're an amazing organization. I really love Dave Feldman. He's great. Um, everyone that's involved with it. Um, but yeah, the, the first how it happened, I guess my name was out there for being, you know, a pretty, pretty scrappy, ruthless fighter, someone who never gave up. Um, and had a kind of a, a different fighting style than, you know, your traditional boxers and, you know, with my lack of an amateur background, it kind of left me with that kind of street fighter vibe, which is perfect for bare knuckle boxing. And they, um, you know, approached me with it. And I said, no, I had a boxing match actually in Atlantic city, New Jersey. And then I really wanted to focus on that, but thank you for the opportunity and keep me in mind for next time. So when next time came around. You know, that's with the Beck Rawlings fight. And I was like, you know what? I don't think, you know, I I don't want to go on TV or go and, you know, I've never been a person who fights for the money 
or fights necessary for like just glory and to be on TV. Like if I'm going to be there, I want to do it right. And I want everybody to know who I am and be like, wow, that girl deserved to be there. And that girl is badass and worked her heart out. And she, we want to see more of her. I want to make sure that I have every, you know, like no stone left unturned. Exactly. So that's always how I've been. And, you know, they were, I had a couple of people in my ear saying, Hey, you know, Britain, honestly, I think if you train hard, you could really take this girl. And it only took for that, you know, that little light bulb and someone believing in me and saying, you know, I really think you could win. That's what changed my mind to say, okay, let's do it. I had no idea that it was actually for um, a world title. I didn't know that the diamond Gazzetti belt was on um, the line. And I definitely did not know that we were going to be the main event. Um, so our, you know, both our faces were on the top of the poster, which was just, I mean, just a huge accomplishment. I can't believe that, you know, that happened. And it's actually the most viewed, um, bare knuckle fight as, as we speak on YouTube, what, you know, I think like 8 million views, but it's the most viewed video out there, even though, you know, I think we were talking about the. You know, Artem Jason fight, which I think is just truly epic in every, you know, every aspect that I can't believe that fight. But our, our, me and Bex Rawlings fight have more views. People worldwide have viewed it more. So it's just one of those things that I think that I really um, had to capitalize and, and had somebody believe in me. And that's, that's how I did as well as I did. I really believed in myself and I had really, a lot of people who really believed I could do it. So went out there, you know, gave it my best shot. Um, you know, I do think that it is, you know, definitely a debatable fight. I lost in a split decision. I have a bunch of people that say, you know, hey, you really won that fight. But it's one of those things, hey, history was made. I'm not salty about it or have anything negative or bad to say. It was an amazing experience. It really was an amazing fight. And, uh, if you want to find it on YouTube, like she was saying, it is literally like the most popular uh, BKFC fight on their YouTube. Um, and it's a, a fucking banger, dude. That was such a good-ass fight. Like, I remember just sitting there and just kind of going, what the fuck? Um, but no, to like to kind of like hit on what you just talked about, like BKFC is a super good organization. Like, like Dave Feldman really knows what he's doing. And, and Vince, like Vince is super cool to like talk to and, and to work with and they like threw me a bone early like early into my podcasting venture so like i super appreciate them Um, oh yeah they're super amazing and it's like that honestly i can't wait to go back i'm super excited because i mean even from the smallest details like the drivers like they have drivers that help and are very personable and you know drive us around and make sure we have everything i mean they're just amazing they're they really got it down pat and it's so awesome because Dave, I think he even made like a, you know, social media status today. Like he really believes in, in finding a dream, finding something that's different, finding when all the naysayers and haters are down on you and making that dream a reality and like going past your expectations and past everybody else's, you know, vision of it. And they're a really good example of that. And that's, that's an organization that I would love to be a part of and that I am continuing to be a part of. Um, if you would have never got the offer to do bare knuckle, do you think you would have like you would have sought it out or or not? 
No, absolutely not. I, <laughs> I, I would not. You know, that's why it's so funny when people are like, "Oh, you know, like they had tryouts and you had like this huge line." Like, you know, it, it's funny because I'm like never one of those people that go looking for trouble, but trouble always finds me. But I, I don't go looking for it. But no, honestly, um, I think that that's one of those things. I think that it's more important to have the pull than the push and not be pushed to do something, mm-hmm. but like let it pull to you, you know? And those are the things that you know are really meant to be. And um, so I think, you know, it wasn't, like I said, I wasn't going out chasing anything, looking for anything. It came to me and that's why it's such a great fit. So you said a moment ago, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't realize you were fighting for a title until it was like kind of like time when did you actually realize that you were fighting for a title like was it fight week like fight Uh, day weigh-ins maybe gosh i don't let's see i remember training for it i remember agreeing to it that was the first step Mm -hmm. and it took it took a couple weeks to agree to it i'm not gonna lie and you know that's actually let me say that because that's a fun fact i have like this awesome buffer system of people that i call um for like advice in, in, in the fight world. And they're all from different places and they all have different backgrounds and they're all amazing people. But basically when I, I have an idea or something presented to me, I, I kind of go to them and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And you know, if they all say yes, then I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a great thing. And if they all say no, I'm like, Oh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like in this situation, some people are like, yeah, awesome. And then some people are like, what the hell are you thinking? Hell no, do not do that. And um, I found myself reaching out to more and more people asking. It was like I was looking for, for that okay. To, yeah, yeah I, w- I was looking for the right answer because people that would say no, I'd be like, oh, man, but I really feel this. Like, I feel like I need to do this. And then I would talk to somebody else, and they would be like, not exactly what I needed. And it finally took actually um, a friend out in California to, to really get me with the whole you know, like I said, say, believe in your part. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, you know what? So anyways, there was the agreeing part, which took a couple of weeks. And then I was like, damn, you got to train. And I trained like it was like the Hunger Games. I'm telling you what, like when I trained for that, it was the most training I've ever done as far as intensive. And like I was training like my life depended on it <laughs> in every aspect. And then I just remember getting the call. um, Gosh, you know what? It's kind of fuzzy. I don't really remember exactly how it came down, but I remember getting the call and 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 them saying that and being like, "Hey, you ready for this main event? Bell, everything." And I just remember my jaw dropping and being like, "Oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! What do I get myself into? Like, oh, if I would have, you know." But it was already too late. Like I said, I'm really a good person when it comes to. I give everything my 100%. And if I give you my word and tell you I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it no matter what. Even if the things change, I don't change. So I just even train harder. Like I would leave the gym after, you know, working out for two hours and running, being on the bike, being on the road machine. And then I would leave and I'd be like, damn, did I really do enough? Did I, did I really work enough? I'm not as tired. You know, I'm not tired. You know, I should be leaving the gym exhausted, like ready to drop and die. Like, but I need to go do more. Like if I wasn't exhausted and so tired and couldn't pick my head up, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. That's how, how much I pushed for this fight. I really, really, really wanted to win. It's like, <laughs> but, the, um, it's like the mental side that really messes with you. Yeah, for sure. But it was kind of a crazy, I, I remember 
finding out I was going to be the main event and for the belt. I don't remember exactly when, but it was, you know, it wasn't the fight week. It definitely wasn't fight week because they did a really good job on uh, marketing it Mm -hmm. and the posters were out in in plenty of time. So it had to be like probably, you know, around four or five weeks out. Okay. What, uh, (laughs) so, so first off, what was the weight cut like for that fight? Like, did you have to cut a lot of weight, or were you you pretty much sit around your weight? Well, see, here's the crazy thing, and this is why, you know, like I said, I'm not going to let any obstacle get in my way, and it's kind of a factor I'm even facing now. For Bare Knuckle um, Fighting Championship, they really only have one weight class for females because there's really not that many badass females out there that are wanting to compete. It's not a lot of interest, you know. It's kind of slim pickings right now. I think they tried to do a smaller weight class with like Sheena Star, but it didn't really work out as well from what I heard. Mm-hmm. But the only weight class that they have is 125. So um, I walk around at, you know, my healthy good, I'm in the gym doing what I need to is 125. So essentially, I really don't have to cut any weight. If anything, actually, that was one of the things too um, with my first bare knuckle fight. I was actually eating a lot, like chicken and protein shakes and rice. I was actually trying to gain weight, which is kind of like, I mean, it worked out advantage in that fight, but it's kind of messed me up a little bit here and there since that, because now I try to walk around at 130, which is a little fat for me, to be honest with you. I'm not really a I'm a big 130. Like, I think, you know, I should be 125. Is that really healthy? 130, I kind of, I'm kind of big. It makes me feel like I'm slower. Where, you know, if I'm 125, 120, I feel really fast and sharp. But I also don't want to be giving up that weight, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, usually when I box, I box at, you know, 118, 120, 122 max. That was the reason I asked because, because I was looking and I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, so this is one of those things, honestly, when I get the call on a bare-knuckle fight, my ass is eating chicken and eggs, and, you know, I'm on my, like, third protein shake today, (laughs) um, protein bars, so that's just kind of one of those things. Um, So the weight cut, yeah, it's really not there. (laughs) It's never there for bare-knuckle, and it never will be there because I just naturally will never walk around heavier than 130, and that's really pushing it. Yeah, that's that's what it kind of had me curious because I was like, I was looking at your your previous fights and I was like, wait a second here, uh, that's kind of odd. Um, like they're like the weight in your boxing matches compared to your your bare knuckle. Um, so that's that was completely kind of off topic, but that's the whole reason I asked. Um, no, I mean it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that, especially because you know there's a lot of the male fights and you know their weight classes are all you know what it is. But for females, you know I think it's kind of important and especially like. I mean, Beck, you know, the Beck fight was, you know, I would say it was pretty even as far as the weight, you know. But even, like, with Christine Ferreira, like, with that fight, you know, she normally, her weight cut was insane for bare knuckle. You know, she normally walks around, like, probably, like, 140, 150. So she's she's cutting down. Yeah, she's, you know, she's definitely, she has that body stature to, to fit that. So she looks great at 140, 150, where if I was 140, 150, you guys would be, like, laughing, being like, damn, that girl is eating a hell lot of donuts. But for for her, she, you know, that's what she walks around. So when I'm fighting her, 
I'm a naturally 120 pound girl where she's naturally a 140 pound girl. So it's kind of one of those things. I don't let it scare me or intimidate me, but it's something that, you know, I got to keep in mind and work against. And, you know, I'm not going to let it get me down, you know, with any fight moving forward because I do really want it. And I do really want to go out there pound for pound and not have, you know, the excuse that, oh, someone's bigger than me. So I back down. That's a good mindset to have. What what exactly is the mindset when you're going like you're going from professional boxing into bare knuckle? Like like does the mindset change or like you have to kind of flip another switch and and turn on like the savage mode shit? Like, um, I think you can see the big difference in uh, my first bare knuckle fight to my second bare knuckle fight. The first one, um, you know, I was moving always on my bike, had a totally different strategy. And that one, I told you, I kind of mentioned it earlier. It was like I I had the Hunger Games concept in my head. Like, that's really my mindset that, you know, hey, this girl's from, like, District 2. She was born and raised to kill. You know, she's everybody's favorite. And here I am, a nobody from District 12. I'm poor girl. And here I am, you know, trying to be the people's voice and, and, and go out there and kind of have the message and, you know, kind of sacrifice myself for for the message as far as anybody can do anything if you put your mind to it. It doesn't matter if you're fighting, uh, you know, somebody who's never fought before or if you're fighting a UFC veteran, like, you can go out there and do it. So that's really kind of what I had in my head is that this girl is coming to me. You know, someone had made the comment that I pissed her off in the press conference. They're like, oh, she's coming for you. So... My thing, my mindset was if she touches me or gets close to me, like she's going to like literally kill me and end my life. And I'm telling you when it comes to, you know, surviving like life or death, I'm always going to win. I'm never going to let anybody, you know, it's been that way my whole life, which makes me kind of a fighter in the ring, getting off topic a little bit. But, you know, life and death situations, I always pull out on top. Um, so I kind of had that that strategy. With my second bare-knuckle fight, I kind of tried to have the savage switch. I was with a totally different team, and they really wanted me to work on being confident and, and, and being calm and relaxed and not, you know, so much having happy feet and being, like, more, like, badass. You know, I was I stood in the middle of the ring when Christine came out, so I was kind of, like, waiting on it, like, come on, bring it, bitch, let's go. You know, so I kind of had that concept and that idea and, you know – that fight ended a totally different way and looked a totally different way. So, um, you know, I think it's just kind of finding that, you know, and I felt confident with the Beck fight too, actually, because it was one of the only fights people like, oh man, she's going to get tired. But that was one of the only fights in my whole entire career that I can tell you what, I could have gone another five rounds easily. Like I was not tired at all. You know, I I, you know, I took some hits and stuff like that. But I was not, my gas tank was full for that fight. So I kind of, you know, I kind of like that mindset too, knowing that I can just keep going and keep going. Fucking Britain killer be killed heart. <laughs> <laughs> Britain Katniss Everdeen heart. No, I, that's like the mindset you almost have to have. Like, cause like, really, when it comes to bare knuckle, that's what it is. Yeah, because it's, it's, I mean, you can, you can kind of attest to it. Like, it's completely different from traditional boxing or even MMA, like, I'd say, like, it just feels different being out there, yeah? It was, honestly, and being in the ring and being in there, it didn't, it didn't really feel different 
as far as the pain or like the concept, like it was just, I mean, it's one of those things once, you know, once the, you know, the, the fight starts, it's like everything disappears, which is why I love fighting so much because it's like everything in, you know, the outside world disappears. Like you're literally have to focus on the person coming at you and nothing else. And, um, you know, so it kind of had that concept. I remember being hit the first time, um, ever. And I was like, I literally remember thinking, oh, it's really not as bad as I thought. So once I got over that concept, I was, you know, able to kind of keep on and be a little bit more confident. I think you'll see in the video, I just wiped the blood from my nose and wiped it on my, you know, my, my shorts or my trunks or whatnot. And was just like, kept, you know, kept going. But I will say this, it wasn't really a big, huge thing in the ring, but after, I guess when like, you know, you're done adrenaline dumping and the whole thing is over. It's kind of like, oh, my God, like it, it just hits you in such a different way than boxing does. Did it occur to you like during the fight or after the fight or I guess like immediately after the fight, how iconic that fight was going to be? No, I, I didn't. But I will say this. I uh, man, I remember standing there. And when they said my name first, I was just like, holy shit, I did it. I did this. I really pulled this off. And then when they, you know, did the split decision, I was like, damn, I was that close. But I, I just thought it was pretty epic in, in that fact that, you know, I went out there and was it was so, so, so close, especially with, I think, her having, like, you know, the stoppage that she did before and everyone. I mean, the comments were awful at going leading up to the fight on, you know, saying I was just going to be another soccer mom murdered and they'd have to take my, you know, dead, trampled body out. The comments are just insane. They're like, oh, this is going to be, you know, they're like, this is going to be the worst fight ever. So boring, so mismatched. And I'm like, man, I really need to show them who the fuck Britain Hart is. But I, I thought I did a good job with that. But when I saw, like, the YouTube, like when people would be like, holy shit, you know, your YouTube videos are blowing up. I have people from New Zealand message me, um, England message me. I, I mean, like fans all over the world and that I truly did not expect. Do you, do you read a lot of comments like Instagram, YouTube comments or was that? Just, like, I, one tell, of the rare I tell myself not to, and then I end up doing it. But I, I always try to like, so, like, when I was I knew I was fighting Beck, I never looked at her Instagram um, or her personal social media ever. Like, not once. I am kind of wish I did because it probably would have made me a, le a little bit more angrier and I probably would have realized how much I wanted to, like, really put it to her. But some people would send me stuff and that would kind of, like, light me up. But, you know, on our group posters, I did look at the comments and read the comments like on other people's pages on the um on the poster but i try not to look at anything else because i didn't want anything you know i was trying to look at it as basically you know i'm out there fighting you know from you know in a, in a totally different like i said she she comes from a totally different world a totally different district than i do and so i just wanted to look at it as me and focus on me and what i had to do and i didn't want anything to mentally stop me i didn't want to look at her training what she was doing how intense she was going i just wanted to make sure that i was doing and pushing myself to every aspect that i could so i don't ever do that and um but you know like i said every once in a while people will send stuff to me or my inbox, and I am, you know, I definitely do check my inbox, and I'll open it up and 
you know, some of the comments people would send me personally and directly were just like, you know, well, why, the, why the fuck would you even send that? I know. And I don't think I ever responded, you know, I really didn't entertain it, but you know, it was the fact that it was said, and, you know, some of them would be like, push me more. But I just like to not even have it in my head. I like to hear the people that are like, hey, I believe you can do this. And she's really just a name. She's really like, you know, another person, but a name. You just need to go out there and show your name, Mm -hmm. which, you know, those were the people that told me that and, you know, supported me and said, I believe in you. And, you know, a lot of those people were people that really weren't from here. I think a lot of my hometown, um, it was kind of 50-50, a lot of people you know, we're like, oh, you know, not believing in me and not thinking that I could do it. So it was great to prove them wrong and go out there. You know, it was basically a respect thing, I think. So when I came back from that, I think I earned ton respect from people that doubted me before. Were you guys cool after the fight? Like, did you guys talk or? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> and yeah, no. And I would like, she's like, no, I can't wait till she goes back to bare knuckle if she even does that, but no, not cool at all. Um, I definitely don't like her sportsmanship. I don't like her comments or her interview after. So we're not cool. I have nothing like, you know, like I said, I'm not going to trash her or say anything bad or negative, but like she can follow her dreams and, you know, more power to her. But as far as me wanting to be friends or socialize with her, it's just, (laughs) it's never going to happen. Cause I just, I don't like people that aren't, sportsmanship or and you know kind of make excuses like that like me and christine we you know like i said that um we fought and gosh you know we had a lot of build up and i had probably way worse comments with her leading into the fight but afterwards me and her did talk you know and, and we you know she she had really good sportsmanship after the fight and it really went a long way with me like a long way and it really meant something so even despite the trash talking and shit talking before the fight after the fight, it was kind of like, hey, you left it, you know, it's cool, moving you on. Left it all Woman power. Yeah, and Beck Rawlings is not like that. So, like I said, nothing nothing that I have to say personally for her. Damn. I was, yeah, I've, I've been curious about that because after after the fight, you know, the, the interview and, and all that shit and her social media. So, I was like, hmm, I wonder how that played out. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I just try to stay out of it. You know, you don't see me. I'm not a tra- I'm I've never been a trash talker and I you know, I probably will never be a trash talker. I have so many people that, that say, "Oh, you should do it. It'll you'll spark this." But honestly, I like being me. I like being the own person. I kind of like I let my fighting do the talking for me. Like I'm going to be respectful, show good sportsmanship. Yeah, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to do it in the ring. You're going to see it and then we can talk after. You were talking about a minute ago, like your hometown. Like, what was it like, like for you growing up, like as a teenager? Like, were you fighting a lot, or? Yeah, I was kind of one of those people that was on my own. I had to fend for myself. I'm used to it, you know. Um, you know, it was one of those things. Like, you know, if I wanted to go to, like, I played soccer in high school, um, and I played basketball. It was kind of funny, actually. But I always had to get rides and kind of schedule that out. But when I played basketball, I actually got suspended because I did – it wasn't that I started the fights, but I would finish the fights. Like, I remember with this one girl, you know, I was pressing her. I, you know, I was pressing her a little too hard, and she got mad. 
and she kicked me. And you just do not kick in basketball. No, you threw a and I ended up like just going crazy. Oh man, that was you know. So I got suspended after that. Was this during a game or like during? But practice? really, that was one of the things. Like I said, no, it was during a game. It was at a, it was at her her school. Oh shit! It wasn't even at my school. It was at her school. So that made it look bad. And then I set up, you know, a pick for another girl and she ran into me and, um, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. She fell, but she ended up getting severely hurt, which, you know, I felt really bad. It was totally unintentional. I tried helping her up and saying sorry, but because of that payback, so they kept like bumping into me and like doing stuff like that. So that obviously escalated. And I had another soccer game where I we were going through the line shaking hands and it's a long story. So I'm not going to say the whole thing, but short story is, is that one of the girls from the other team tried to hit one of my teammates and I caught it right before it happened. I ended up picking up this girl. She's like twice his size, slammed her into the storm drain, started just like ground and pound on her. until I realized that my coach had me in a bear hug, six feet in the air telling me to stop. So those were kind of the fights that I got into. You know, like I said, I didn't go looking for trouble, but it would kind of just, you know, I'm a tough, aggressive girl, and people don't realize it because I'm so small, and I don't look like your average tough, aggressive girl. But, you know, I was a lot bigger than the girls when I was younger, so they couldn't handle that. In soccer, we were really tough, and we would go, you know, like crazy in soccer. So that stemmed a few fights. And in school, I had a few fights as far as, like, basically bullies. Um, and not bullying me, because I could really care less, but they would bully other people, and I would go and be like, all right, you know, I think that they've had enough. You need to leave them alone. And they'd be like, oh, Britain, it's none of your business. And I'd be like, well, this person's crying, so I'm not going to just sit here and let you keep bullying them, so move on. And then it would, you know, just the next thing you know, Bam, fists are being thrown. So, like I said, I was used to bare knuckle way before <laughs> boxing. I like how you said that. You said, next thing you know, bam, fists were being thrown. Yeah, so that was kind of my childhood growing up. Um, do you, you said you played basketball and soccer. Do you keep up with, like, basketball and soccer now? Like, do you, do you keep up with any sports outside of, like, boxing and MMA? Oh, yeah, all the time. And I some, honestly... Um, when I do, I find myself really, honestly, better at my craft. It's it's wild because everyone was like, oh, if you want to be a better boxer, you got to box, box, box. But when I was kind of cross training and doing both, I felt like I was way more um, skillful and better. So I used to play uh, soccer and I would play adult indoor soccer. I was in adult indoor soccer league. And I oh, did no that when I was training, um, and I did that, like, every Tuesday and Thursday, and the games were on Saturday, and that helped me a lot. And I was boxing then, too, so that helped. Basketball, I always go, like, either to the YMCA or, you know, sh- with friends or whatever and play, like, one-on-one. I've done that my whole entire life. Um, you know, if someone's like, hey, let's go play or I'll go shoot, you know, I don't really necessarily do it by myself, but when someone wants to play a game or go, you know, mess around, I'm always down for actually picked up a new thing um, before this whole virus and COVID-19 hit, but I actually started playing racquetball and I was really thinking like this racquetball was going to bring me to a new level in fighting just because of how 
fast your hand eye coordination has to be and like just footwork and power and you know oh it was amazing so i was doing that um playing racquetball a lot until the racquetball court shut down yep so that's me and then oh another fun you know i played powder puff football oh hell yeah um that used to be a thing, but yeah, I always try to play other sports. I love sports. You know, I got a, you know, two college degrees in sport management and then another one in physical education. So it was just something I was always super passionate about. It could be dodgeball. Yeah. I don't care. Where, where I love did, it. Where'd you go to college at? Um, my undergraduate was at Lynchburg college. I think they called it. They changed the name to like Lynchburg university now or something like that. But I went, when I went, it was Lynchburg college. And then, um, I got my master's degree at old dominion university, which is in Norfolk, Virginia. Hell yeah. Virginia pride. I'm born and raised in Virginia. So I'm right there with you. That's pretty sweet. Um, so do you, do you like watch, like, do you pull for like teams? Like, do you have a football team or basketball team? Oh, yeah. I actually I worked for the Carolina Panthers for five years. Um, so I will always be, an, you know, a diehard Panthers fan. Um, I love them in so many aspects. Do you follow Tim um, Newton on Instagram? Yeah, I do. Does, do his <laughs> captions piss you off, too? I mean, it's just one of those things. I kind of just chuckle. I don't even read them anymore because they're like <laughs> so many symbols. And I'm like, oh, my God. But honestly, I'm such a, like, like I said, it's just me. I'm very pro-choice and I'm like, love everybody. And if that's what he wants to do and makes him happy, more power to him. But I just don't even read him anymore. Do you ever wonder how long it takes him to make like one caption? Oh my gosh. All the time. You know what's funny? Okay. This is going to be crazy. Probably make fun of me or other people will. But I love Cam Newton a lot at one point in time. And so I try to do it. Like some of my posts, I would try to do the same thing he did and like make those symbols. I did like two posts. And after that, I was like, fuck this. It takes way too long. It's too much of my attention. I'm not doing it anymore. You got to find shorter fucking quotes to use. Yeah, but I did. I tried doing two quotes, kind of just not like copy him, but. I, I just wanted to show my support for him that I think it's cool and that I'm going to do the same thing, you know, that it's not that weird. But then I did it and I was like, this is too weird. I can't do it. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is probably like one of the baddest motherfuckers in the NFL right now. Oh, yeah, man. I love I, I really love that team. I love Thomas Davis. Um, I was really big with him. I Luke Keekley, which I don't think he's going to be playing anymore, which is so sad. But they had some amazing players. They just, you know. Almost got it together for that Super Bowl, but it's so weird. Right I blame now. Cam, unfortunately. It's so weird right now, not having anything going on. Like outside, like I love that the UFC is still going on, but like outside of that, like there's nothing going on. It's so weird. I know it is. It's sad. I was a huge Lakers fan, so it was sad to hear you know about Kobe. But I'm still a huge Lakers fan. I loved them back in like 2001. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I still do love sad. them, but yeah. I feel like that was the dream team there. Yeah, that was super sad about Kobe and, and that whole, um, like that whole little time period, because like it was like it was like Kobe passed, and then right after that we we jumped in like the COVID stuff. Like it's just been one hit after another. Yeah, that's basically what people were saying. Like, hey, we were everybody was like twenty twenty is the year. Like everyone was so hopeful. I know I was like 2020 is going to be the best year yet. And man, it has been probably it's, it's been up rough. there and one of the worst. 
It's been rough. It has been so rough. And what, we're halfway through, like, what is it? It's like June 1st, June 2nd today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 6, uh, 6 two twenty today, so we're halfway through, and boy, it sucks. Oh my gosh, you're not lying. Uh, and it's like, God, I don't even want to jinx this by saying how much worse can it get, but damn. Yo, I said lizard people. Like, that's my next, like, I think that's next. Lizard people or, like, lobster people. Oh, wow. Like well, you know, our places, uh, you know, I know you, um, in the news, like, watching all these major cities go into these riots and stuff, I feel like that's, that's pretty crazy, too, and I don't really predict that getting any better, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't either. It, it It's so weird because, um, you know, like, I live in Jacksonville now, so, like, well, I live on the outskirts of Jacksonville, but, but Jacksonville had, like, oh, I just dropped my phone. That was probably super loud. Um, you, you know, like, I live on the outskirts of Jacksonville, and, like, it's all anybody's been talking about since Saturday, which I know that's not very many days, but, but literally, so, like, all anybody's talked about is, like, the riot that happened, and, and no matter, like, where you stand, like, I think the riots are probably going to be, um, like, I think when you look back, like, I think the riots are going to be, like, helpful. But right now, fuck, man, there is so much shit going on. It really is. I went to Walmart today, and it was closed, like, completely, like, Walmart, which, you know, is already on thin ice with this whole virus thing and reduced hours, but closed completely, and they had, like, mad security out there with, like, you know, with people, like, officers with guns and big, huge vehicles that said security on it. I was like, wow. What was your trend? We really are in the Hunger Games now. <laughs> You really are the real life Katniss Everdeen now. Do you have like a like a compound bow or like a crossbow? I do, but I'm oh, not very good yeah. at it. But I do have one. <laughs> oh, that's your that's your whole new identity. You're the new Katniss Everdeen. Oh, no, that would be funny. I I always love doing that. And I think if you follow me on like Facebook and Instagram, I always do these Tomb Raider things. So always i'll have to eventually convert it into actually being like the hunger games with the bow but I, I love the tomb raider thing with the ropes and you know i can do the guns and the knives but i haven't i haven't really perfected the bow yet are you a gamer huge gamer yeah are you a tomb raider fan huge tomb raider fan Hell yeah that's fucking cool what are you what are you playing now well, I just actually, even though it's it's not really a new game, it took me a little bit longer because I had things going on in my life now where I couldn't really focus. But I did recently, well, probably not recently, but at the beginning of the year, I finished the new Shadow of the Tomb game that came out for Xbox One. And no that shit. one was awesome. It was so good. Oh, it was so great. The movie, the re most recent movie that came out, the new Tomb Raider. Is that um, Angelina it Jolie? No, it's not. The old ones are Angelina Jolie. And the new one, I can't remember what the girl's name is, but she's not awful. I still think Angelina Jolie is Tomb Raider for life. But she she really wasn't bad. It was a really good movie. But it was actually super cool, and I was freaking out when I was watching it because it really mirrors the video game. Like, it was like the video game in movie form, and, and the video game is kind of like, the movie but in video game form so it's really cool it makes you like kind of relate to it a lot better like the the newest game and the newest movie like sync up yep definitely okay, like a hundred percent sync up and it's it's amazing because you're like oh shit i remember doing that like the plane scene when she get you know in the video game you go on the plane try not to get it off balance blah 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 
But then in the movie, it shows that scene in the same exact way and the same exact environment. And it's like, holy shit, I remember doing that in the video game and having to do this, this, and that. And if she fucks up, this is what's going to happen. I like how you said that. Like, you said that, yeah, the new girl, she's not awful. Like, I feel like anytime I tell people to listen to my podcast, I'm like, yeah, just give it a listen. It's not the worst. <laughs> it was good. I really liked it. I watched it again and again, and I probably will. I'll listen to this podcast again and again. Oh hell yeah, that's badass. That's, I need some support. <laughs> um, so moving forward, is there anything you have coming up that you want to announce? Anything you want to leave the people with? Well, I think I kind of like hinted at it earlier, talking about like you know weight cuts and having protein shakes. So I am on my third protein shake today. So. That does mean that I have a plan for it because I don't normally drink three protein shakes every day. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to being back on Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship and um, really getting it right this time and, and kind of being able to perform when everybody is missing sports so much. So I'm excited to officially be back. What do you think that's going to be like? Like no, I think- the no crowd? Oh, man. You know, honestly, I really really haven't given that much thought, to be honest with you, because I remember hinting at it with UFC and thought it was so cool because you could really hear the coach Mm -hmm. and fighter. It kind of felt like it was more personable. But as far as me being the fighter and being in there with no audience, you know, a lot of people get stage fright. I'm not one of those people, but, you know, a lot of people do get stage fright. And get nervous and with everybody watching and I think that does kind of play something into it as far as the intro and coming out but like I said once the that bell rings or whatnot and they say go it's kind of like it doesn't really matter so I'm kind of used to it there but it's gonna be it's gonna be like I feel like it will be different because I know in the gym when you're sparring you know it's just your coach sometimes you know there's not a lot mm-hmm. of people there and sometimes I feel like you know, I think I think you do a little bit better. I feel like you're a little bit more relaxed, and you're more, you know, it feels like a more like you're sparring in the gym than an actual fight. I think the audience is what gives the feeling to the fighter, not so much the fans, but to the fighter. That oh, that's when you see the jitters. That's when you see the like, you know, some of the sporadic stuff or some things that are like, holy shit, they just did that. Like I feel like that's the kind of the adrenaline you need to kind of pull off some of these things that you see. I've I've wrestled. I had. In my high school, um, like my high school career alone, I had like over like 130 some odd wrestling matches. I don't think I heard my coach like one time. And then fighting, like I had like eight fights. I don't think I heard my coaches any of those fights. So I I think some people like don't pay attention to it, and I think some people kind of rely on it. Like like watching Justin Gaethje fight Tony Ferguson. Like, did you watch that? Yeah, definitely. Justin was so calm. Right. And I feel like maybe if there was a crowd, maybe he would have um, maybe got like a little wild and like maybe a little reckless. But at the same time, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Justin. Justin's by far my favorite fighter in the UFC. Um, but I, it kind of makes you like I'm kind of agreeing with you. Like maybe maybe he'll do a little bit better with no crowd. Yeah, no, I agree. And I thought that with the, the fight, the UFC fight, even with um, um, the karate hottie, you know, that fight. Like watching them, it was very, it was a good fight, but it was very like, it seemed like calm, relaxed and more mm-hmm. posed 
And, um, you know, I thought that, that they did good, though. I'm not taking anything away from it, but it was like, it was kind of bizarre watching it. Like, oh, look at this. Check them out. Resizing Where I feel like up. it's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, always. Every time <laughs> I watch UFC fights, I always think that. You always sizing yeah, them up, <laughs> ready to go. I can do that. I've been working on my ground games, so. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I appreciate you coming on here. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. It always is. Um, if people want to find you on social media, where do they go? How do they find you, etc.? My Facebook, I keep, you know, for I don't have any, like, fan page on Facebook or anything like that. Because um, I like to be, like like I said, my fans are awesome. I like to be personal and stay in touch with them. So uh, my Facebook is Britain Hart. Um, so it, it's pretty full right now. But definitely go and check out my stuff on there. You'll see more of my family life. Then on my Instagram, you know, definitely follow me and hit me up on there. I try to put as much as I can on there um, and to be more fight related. But it's going to be Britain Hart with the underscore. So super easy to find. It should pop up pretty quick. Awesome. I super appreciate you coming on one more time. Um, while you're at it, if you go to her Instagram, um, you go to the link in her bio, you can vote for her for the Maxim Cover Girl. Vote for yes. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yes. All summer long. No, the, it's like a fight. Keep that in your head. It's in the fight. And I'm about to, as far as June 4th, I'm going to win the first round. And I need you guys for second, third, fourth, and fifth round. So thank you so much for shouting me out on that. That's Fucking big. Katniss Everdeen coming for the cover. Definitely. I'm going right. to have bloody knuckles. <laughs> that would actually be the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> yeah, with this this like skimpy, sexy outfit on and bloody knuckles and red lipstick. You need a black eye. Like you, you have to have the black eye. It has to pull the entire outfit together. Definitely. All right, I super appreciate you, Britain. Uh, everybody listening, go to her Instagram, vote for her for the Maxim CoverGirl contest. Also, go to foamsoap.com, use the code Takedown, and you can get ten percent off of your order. Britain, once again, I super appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Josh, so much. It was fun always talking to you. Thank you.